All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're watching Leafs Morning Tape. With host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right, away we go for the Thursday edition of Lease Morning Take. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rozo following a Maple Leafs victory. How are you doing, Rosie? This is how I'm doing. Wow. Is that new Leafs Nation swag? Yeah, that's what's up. I'm repping her hard today. I'm feeling good this morning, man. I was was a little worried there, but they pulled it off in spectacular fashion. Exciting first night. Lots to talk about. It was... uh, I guess you could say as expected. I hope everybody tailed the betting play yesterday. It was free money. Montreal was going to keep it close. Montreal was going to score the first goal. I didn't get my Josh Anderson anytime goal, but it was pretty much as predictable an opener for the Maple Leafs as you can get. And obviously we're going to dive into that at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe on YouTube. Just search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast as well. And we'll pop up. And a Maple Leafs victory that I'll tell you, Rosie, with like 10 minutes left, I'm like, this is probably... Not going to be the night, not going to happen, but uh, the fortunes change. But off the bat, I I thought it was a nice exercise to get the juices flowing for today's show a bit. Got to break down this fight. Like, we all knew it was coming, right? I think we lost Rosie again here, folks. So when Rosie comes back here, we're going to break down this fight. Uh, Arbor Jackeye and Ryan Reeves to start the season, like, 10 minutes into the year, we all knew it was coming. In fact, we talked about it on yesterday's show, obviously, with uh, Colby Armstrong guesting and and just the impact that both players are looking to make in this season series. And again, Toronto, Montreal don't play for a while, but Ryan Reeves getting intimated right away uh, flexes off the bat in the opening intros. Like it was so Ryan Reeves. And I think he's going to instill that into this room. Cause it was actually one thing after the fact that I really liked that Mark Giordano pulled the old Superman again, flying in from the top rope. Like, I think that's t- that type of hockey's contagious, quite frankly, and not to say Ryan Reeves is the sole proprietor of that, why that happened. But like, it was Tyler Bertuzzi getting in the mix there as we get Jay Rosehill back. So, Rosie, I want you to break down this fight. It was uh, Ryan Reeves, Arbor Jack guy, the first of many, the first uh, against each other in their careers. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Reeves running around a little bit, and Jack guy just jumps right in there, not scared to start. I like the way he – I mean, he can start feeding uppercuts while he's on his knees, but I was disappointed they didn't really get their, their bearings about them. They didn't get to, like, plant their edges and start chucking, but uh, – I didn't think these two were going to go. 
hats off to Jack guy, man. He can handle himself against absolutely anyone in the league. There is no doubt about that. And, and what a player he can be as well. He is an asset for that team. No two ways about it. Revo running around a little bit. He had a big bang right here. Boom. And then goes down. And I love that four check. You go down. What? Oh. Oh, weird. The goal, the, the D man turns his back too. That was a real shocker. And neither of them got a chance to get their bearings and their wits about them, which was frustrating. I wanted them to get settled. That never really happened, but hats off to Jack guy, a for jumping in there and B for, you know, trying to let Reeves get settled there. And fucking Revo is a little bit off balance the whole damn time, which I'm sure he's not thrilled about. Yeah, that was a, the, the thing I noticed right off the bat. Cause as you know, I'm from Montreal. I had family members right away. Like, Oh, Jack, I killed him. He didn't kill him. All I saw was Arbor Jack. I pushed Ryan Reeves into the net, pushed him off balance and then try to punch him. And he missed like it, it wasn't it wasn't a good scrap. Let's be honest about it. There's a couple throwing. I think Reeves got more blows than Jack. I but to say it was like an overwhelming win for Arbor Jack. I is ludicrous in my world. Like Ryan Reeves, look, he pushes him into the net like he knew yeah, exactly no what he was doing there. What was there? Three total punches thrown. I mean, it. Uh, if you want to give the edge to somebody, I don't know. I guess you could give it to Jack Guy, but it's not a real fight. It wasn't a real win, and there's no one that got uh, tuned by any stretch of the imagination. But it showed that a Jack Guy's willing. B he's a strong bugger who can you know get Reeves to get pushed around a little bit. When they got separated there and both got onto their feet, I thought, okay, finally here we go. And then again, they just were off balance and stuff like that. A little bit out to lunch. Uh, I know the whole flexing of the muscle and stuff. Reeves has taken upon himself to be the entertainer this year. And I guess he's done in the past. Um, It's not my style. I know people on Twitter were, you know, not a lot of people were overly loving it. I guess you could say, I don't know who's all going to love that stuff, but uh, as long as he's doing his job and and bringing the, uh, the energy and, and the force, I guess it's all right. But the flexing and pointing at your muscles and stuff is, is not exactly for me, but uh, not everything is. Hey, what did you think of the the instigator penalty being handed to Jack Guy? Because that was the one thing I noticed right off the bat. I noticed the big hit, the defenseman turning, and Jack Guy coming in. So by letter of the law, that's the right call, no? It is. I, to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be Reeves who was going to get a boarding penalty, and then both five for fighting. I really didn't. When we ended up with the power play, I was uh, I was happy about it, obviously. Um, that D-man comes down. He's coming along the half wall and then just completely turns his back. You can't Why do, do that. that? Why? So they're scared. They don't want to take a hit. They turn their back to say, oh, no, there's some pressure. And they get buried. It is hit hockey. You are against the boards. You are an NHL defenseman. You're going to get hit. Turning your back to the guy who's going to hit you doesn't magically make him disappear. He's 230-some pounds barreling down on you with three feet of space to work with, and you turn your back. You're going to get hit from behind. It's just a dangerous play that no one's talking about. I'm surprised, to be honest, that Reeves didn't take a penalty there for boarding because I thought that's right when the hand went up and it was on Jack. Yeah, if you're going to go and not like a guy getting hit on your team and you're going to grab a guy and shed your shit and wait for him to get up and fight him, you instigate the fight. You're going to get the extra. I think it was the right call. But what stood out in my mind is how these defensemen continually turn their goddamn backs to the aggressor and someone's going to get big time hurt. And I hate that no one's talking about everyone's talking about these bad hits, bad hits. The game is so damn fast right now. You can't stop on a dime and someone's going to get hurt turning their back like that. It drives me insane, these demon. It, it boggles my mind too, right? Because we've been talking about this for like the last 10 to 15 years. But like, I, I don't, I, I think defense are almost as much as fault as the person laying the hit. Like to turn around like that, put yourself in a vulnerable position. And you know how quickly a guy is skating. Like even for example, watching that Oilers game last night, like a shift in Connor McDavid, blew up Philip Heronic, man, blew him up. But just think about the speed and you've played the position at the NHL level, the speed in which they're coming with to deliver that hit. I, I mean, it's a split second decision. It, it absolutely is. And once you're committed to it, you're going to go into that player. I mean, look back in the day, guys used to suck up against the boards and absorb the hit. They'd take a hit to make a play. Now they turn their back to take a hit. It's it's ridiculous. It's dangerous. It's giving guys bad reputations for dirty hits and whatnot. You're, you're going to engage in a perfectly good puck battle. You're going to hit the defenseman against the wall to try to prevent him from making the play or to lose possession of the puck. And you turn your back as if he wanted to like cut back and go back to the strong side in that situation. He just turned his back on the guy who he knows is going to hit him. 
and he's got he's on his knees and he gets squished and is that's just not good for anything or anyone. Take the hit up against the wall or don't put yourself in a position to get hit like that. But turning your back should be the absolute last case scenario. And it seems like it's the automatic right now in this day and age. You want to talk about automatic? Austin Austin Matthews on opening night, man. The the guy is a machine. 12 goals now in season openers. That was the most positive story I can grab from that game. Like, win aside. Considering the year he's coming off, Austin Matthews to score three times in the season opener, considering it took him 10 games last year. 10 games, Rosie, to hit three goals. That's the biggest development. Like, Connor McDavid's already chasing it for the Rocker Richard. <laughs> I love what it. Is- what a start, man. And uh, they stole his thunder a little bit in Vancouver there, but I don't think that'll last very long there. No. But uh, some about the game one, man, that makes this guy just show up. And whatever that is, I hope that he just channels that. Whatever energy he has, excitement, whatever chip on his shoulder that guy's playing with on game one of the season for the last however many years, try to channel that, try to bottle it, try to bring it every other night because he's a machine in the opener. And Man, like he single-handedly won that game, in my opinion. I mean, they're down two with five minutes left to play. I was pulling my hair out saying, oh my God, what a disaster. And he puts the team on their back and they get the win. Fastest American player to 300 goals. Like, let that sink in for you. When I heard that stat last night, I'm like, man, like it just shows you the company and how good this guy truly is and how like where he's trending, you know? Yeah, you're like... We we're talking about Madano and Brett Hall and uh, Amonte, Jr. Tony Amonte. Uh, that's nuts, man. Patty He's Kane. A, he is a yeah, Patty Kane. He's an unbelievable goal scorer, and I think they're talking on the broadcast after about him, you know, being the best pure goal scorer in the league right now, and and yeah. he's making a case for that, no question about it. Um, where he ends up this year, I don't know. But I mean, all you can ask is, what have you done for me lately? What kind of start have you gotten with what you've been given? And he's shown up in spades. Revenge season, dude. Like, that shot is is so electric. His finishing ability, I know you were horned up about his prowess and his, his, his you know, just chilling out on the third goal to outweigh Allen. I think he sort of bobbled the pass. But just how crispy is when he gets the puck? It really, really is crazy when you watch Austin Matthews and you like break down the film of how he scores his goals. Like it's, it's tough for the goalie to stop, man. Yeah. Like that first goal he scored on the doorstep where he likes to stand on that right side. He, he, the fact that he corrals that puck so fast, I mean, those pucks are spinning and they're not flat and he just gets it. Like it was a perfect little pass to him and it's a, a rebound. He just corrals it absolutely wires at top shelf. He's a pure goal scorer's goal scorer. And those goalies have no chance when he gets it where he wants it. And I just hope he has this monster season. I mean, it's too early to say, but like you say, last year was, I just kept saying like, he, he put up the numbers were fine and everything. It was nothing to shake his stick at, but you're just like, I'm waiting for Austin to break out. We kept saying that we're like, okay, he's saving it for the playoffs. It just didn't happen. He just didn't have his, his, uh, his explosive dynamic game as much last year. And it seems like (laughs) after last night, like lots of reasons to be excited. It was there. And I really do feel like the second one was a goal scorer's goal. It's so easy to say, but I think Austin Matthews meant to do that. Like Jake Allen had no time to react. And I think he was looking for a centering pass and Matthews knew that. And he just shot it, hit off the pad and then a net. Like that's a goal scorer's goal. That's a great goal scorer's find a way to score in a different variety. And that's exactly what I thought it was, as you see on your screen, has the championship belt. Um, and he earned it. I mean, Austin Matthews was tremendous last night. And that's what I expect more of moving forward this season. Again, I just think it was like the picture-perfect start. If you were to slate out and map out what I wanted in the season opener we did yesterday, it was for Matthews to get off to a hot start. Confidence is everything in this game, Rosie. Big time, man. Hot starts huge. He's good at doing it. And now that he's off, you can only hope that he builds on it. Um, It was a character win for me for this team. I mean, they're down two with five left to play. I don't like the position they're in at the time. We can talk about that. But to dig themselves out of it and to find a way to win, I would have preferred if they won, you know, 6-2. But it wasn't. And they found a way to do it. That's that's huge. I love it. Um, 
on the back of Austin Matthews. And the thing is, they got a lot of guns that can do that, right? It, yeah. I, I was totally impressed with William Nylander last night. I thought he was absolutely buzzing. Dancing. He's the guy who just seems to just be oozing confidence, oozing speed, oozing effort, which I absolutely love out of those high-end players. Um, and anyone, any day of the week, it could be one of these guys step up. And that's why this team's deadly. It's led by Austin Matthews. And the fact that they pulled out a win like that shows character to me, which is something that I think this team has kind of struggled with in their identity. Yeah, they got all the firepower. Yeah, they got all the talent. Yeah, they got the contracts. But do you have the fortitude inside to pull out a win when you don't have your best stuff? And they did it last night, which is a good sign. That's all you can say. What'd you think of that power play? So Guy Boucher's running things. Uh, they were two for four last night, snapping it around. I think it's a bit of a different look. Like John Klingberg, you want to talk about confidence, gets two apples. Didn't think he was great defensively, but that's not why he's on this team. He's there to anchor that power play. And I thought he got cooking as the game went on. Like it's easy to forget, but he played like what? One preseason game and it showed early on, but two apples for Klingberg. What'd you think of that power play in general? Yeah, I mean, like you say, two for four, and I didn't even think they were clicking yet. I thought guys are still trying to figure out where we're going to be and, and what our routine is going to be out there. You can see they're, they're kind of crossing up each other's lanes a little bit, trying to find out where the guy's going to be. And that takes time, and I'm no power play expert by any stretch, but you can watch Shocker. them and say, yeah. is this thing clicking or not? And it wasn't even clicking, and they're two for four. I mean, once they get Klingberg dialed in with these guys and, and know their, their tendencies out there, Look out, it's going to be an absolutely deadly PP. I mean this with the most utmost respect possible. Tyler Bertuzzi go. is the greasiest fucker. I love him, dude. Like one game in, dude, I, I was mentioning this when, when, when we didn't have you there for a second. The poke after the whistle, but it gets everybody involved. Like Giordano comes to the top rope. You see Maddie walk in there. Like everybody got cooking, man. That, I think that stuff is contagious. Oh, it's so beautiful, man. When you get into scrums like that and even follow brawls, it brings your team together. You're looking around at yeah. like guys will be like, thanks, buddy. You're not hanging me out there. And everyone just comes flying in. And yeah, it starts with Bertuzzi. I mean, he sees a loose puck there. Maybe it wasn't even loose. He's going to take a jab at it saying, I'm going to do anything. I'm like a dog on a bone to score those goals. And they go nuts at it. No, no, no. You're not coming after our new guy. Everyone jumps in there. Matthews is right in there. I like watching Marner. He's kind of getting mauled and he's, he's a little bit more timid, but understandable, but everyone's in there, man. It's a uh, geo always. Remember when he did that last year, Philadelphia. I love it, man. With connect Philly touched uh, Matthews. That was the one thing I noticed if the, if you extended the video a bit. So David Savard grabs Marner and then we don't have the video, but after that, um, Savard realizes it's Marner, so he moves on. And who does Marner go to? The smallest guy on the ice, Cole Caulfield, just hugs him. It's just not Marner's game. Like, that's not his game. I get it. He's a great goal scorer, scores a shootout winner. I get it. It's not. And everyone knows who Marner is. And, man, I don't know, like, as a goal scorer and a non-tough guy, you're, just because you're getting into a scrum does not mean you're going to shed him. Grab one of their skilled guys around the neck. Hold on to him. Just make sure that that guy can't jump into to some other activity going on out there grab a guy quickly and aggressively. That's all you'll ever have to do. And you'll look like a hero. I hope Mitch wraps his head around that. And he kind of did it there, but just yeah. grab a guy and, and wrap your head around him. That's all you got to do. You do not have to get involved any more than that, but standing there with your hands in your pockets is a terrible look and no one showed it there. It's a, another sign for the character of the Leafs that I'm enjoying right now. I want to see more of that and surprise, surprise who started it with was Ryan Reeves, right? With the fight with Jack eye off the bat. Um, are you a shootout guy, man? Like the more and more I watch these things, I'm like, shit, I wish the, the OT was longer. There's some really good chances. Nisey had a chance where I thought Jake Allen was a big story last night for Montreal. He was really, really good. Uh, but are you a shootout guy? Like, I like the fact also the Leafs didn't big brain things. They went with their top three guns and you live and die by the sword. And I respect that, especially in a shootout. Yeah, I don't hate the shootout the way people are hating on it. Like talking about, I changed the channel. I've never watched a shootout. Like <laughs> you'd, you'd rather look at the wall than a shootout. Like, let's be honest here. They're not that bad. They're kind of exciting. Yeah, you know, you're you're looking at the numbers. Okay, if we score here, we win. We got to stop one more blow. It's it's exciting. Yeah. But I think three on three is so unbelievably exciting. I love the strategy behind it. I love seeing these guys' skill with some open ice. Uh, you saw Matthews like, all he had to do was just elevate the puck. He just I couldn't know. get enough wood on it. That would have been his fourth in the winner. Can you imagine that? Matthew Nyes has it. Same thing, just can't quite get it up, up over the pad. I mean, for Nice to score the overtime winner, can you imagine the story right there? It would be beautiful. Give those guys five more minutes of time. 
to uh, to establish themselves out there on that three on three ice, I think would be amazing. Ten minute overtime would be great, but we're talking about you know TV and stuff like that. If it's not one in overtime with ten minutes left, which is hard to think that wouldn't happen. And more often than not, a guy's going to score somewhere down the line with ten minutes at three on three with the skill that you're going to put out there. But if it doesn't happen, you kind of got yourself a problem where you you don't know what kind of points you're giving out, and there's no determined winner no one wants to see a tie there's nothing worse than that but you don't have time to do 10 minutes of uh of three on three and then go into a shootout so they're kind of in a predicament you got to think about that too the big boys were dancing in ot for both sides you had suzuki and doc on the other side caulfield had a had himself a game always seems to play strong against the least but matthews had the puck a lot martner had the puck a lot nylander like I thought they utilized their bench um, very, very well in general in the game, but specifically in OT. We saw David Camp start OT again. That seems to be a trend and a theme yeah. with this team, but they're, they didn't big brain it. Like, it's the first game. I, I love the fact that Sheldon Keefe rode the momentum, and I was tweeting about this yesterday, too. I was very active last night, as you know. But the fourth line, dude, they were bringing energy, so they kept rolling them. Like, more times than not, in this new age of NHL hockey, the fourth line barely plays. They kept throwing them out there and throwing them out there. And our guy, man, who who would have thought Mr. PTO, Noah Gregor, starts off the season, scores the first goal of the year and gets the boys going. And I think the video department deserves a shout out as well because it was supposed to be 3 nothing on the Caulfield goal. They caught the offside. The Leafs make it 2-1. They end up winning the game. Yeah, that's big. Lots of storylines. And the depth that we've talked about here, um, you know, it goes through this roster and it's it's pretty strong. I mean, we've got our big guns and we've got some depth. And if you're able to run that that fourth line and give them a regular shift and if they can be valuable to you, and I think that they are because sometimes watching the Leafs when they just roll those guys out and I always just feel like they're just skating in mud and it's like yeah. six on five and they're stuck to the outside and they're waiting for their opportunities that just don't come and it's just the same thing over and over again it's like bang your head against the wall a fourth line is needed to go out there and create a little bit of energy create some momentum tilt the ice in a different direction get them thinking differently put them on their heels a little bit bang and crash get some energy going and then get your big boys out there again and it can just create a different environment for them to play in that's what a fourth line is for if you can roll them and they're good enough and they're not a liability on the ice and you can do that that's a big asset in today's nhl it always has been they tried to get away from it saying oh well, we don't have to have this guy we could sign this guy who's a little bit better on his Corsi stats it doesn't work out like that you, you don't need this you don't need a whole bunch of the same player you need some different looks the fourth line should have a different look and if these guys can play somewhat of a regular shift it's only going to benefit this team and the big boys ahead of them rosie i tell you this fan base is so fragile watching the game last night in the first half specifically the first period a lot of people who watch this show tweeting at me, it's over. They're losing their minds. Bring in Joseph Wall. And now in the chat, we got everybody saying, go Leafs, go. They're winning the Stanley Cup. Can you explain that to me? Yes, I can. It's called insane passion that goes back generations. And they want it so bad. And they're so frustrated. And they've been hurt so many times. And it hasn't happened in so long that this is the result of that. Uh, it's not a whole lot different than in Oilers Nation right now. I got some buddies oh, on the group buddy. chat. My Lord, are they struggling this morning. But uh, it's game one of the season, and uh, everyone wants to win it. Everyone wants to think their team's going the distance, and the Leafs are probably the worst for having a fan base that is either all on the bandwagon or tearing the thing down to the studs. That's just what it is. That's the passion. And that's one of the reasons we do this show is because there is that passionate fan base. It's a market that is all over the place, but desperately, desperately wants to win. There's no doubt about that. Shout out to Sam Lafferty, who I think set up the 8-1 goal last night as producer Aaron chimes in. You leave the Oilers out of this, damn it. Yeah, Oilers Nation is feeling it today. (laughs) Um, What did you think of Ilya Samsonov? We had a couple people in the chat write in. Uh, saying Samsonov was awful. I didn't read it that way. We're going to talk about some of the turnovers in a bit, but your overall thought on Samsonov, because I think you look across the league, and I mentioned this on Twitter last night, nine games so far, six overs I've hit. It, it's been a trend. The goaltending always it always takes a while to catch up to the rest of the league. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't think he was terrible. Um, you're going to give up five goals. You're going to lose most games. 
Um, the, the Probably, reason yeah. they won was up on the forwards tonight. They kept a minute and they, the character they showed to, to get that last goal to, to win the game was huge and to tie the game. But the, the def- I'm not going to say he was terrible because he wasn't. Um, some of the goals were tips and screens and whatnot, but you know, it wasn't his best out there by any stretch. I'm not panicking by any stretch. It, uh, it was what it was. They, sometimes it's a high scoring game out there. It's a high octane, high offensive game. These days, the goals are up than they were in the past. These goalies are, are letting in a little bit more than they used to. These guys can shoot and make plays, and they're as skilled as they've ever been in the history of the game. So I'm not putting it all on Sammy by any stretch, but was he his best stand on his head, gave them every chance to win? Not necessarily, no, but I think he's got a lot, lot more to give. Five goals and 21 shots, the uh, final damage for Samsonov. Uh, not great. Definitely not great, but you could be Jack Campbell too. Surprise, surprise. Got the hook in the opener for the Oilers against the Vancouver Canucks. Now to the most polarizing question, indisputably, in Leafs Nation. The change of the goal song, Rosie. So to set the table, You Make My Dreams Come True came out in 1980. One of uh, a plethora of songs I believe they're using. There was some release yesterday, like 4 Eastern time, that the goal song was no more. Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi was a song last night. By the way, that was released in 2009. We'll get your thoughts first before mine. Yeah, the song needed to change. I hated that song. It was so Mickey Mouse for a, a just a monster market team with history and everything else that comes with the Toronto Maple Leafs to have that rinky-dink song was terrible especially to keep it as long as they did there's no one yeah it's catchy that's fine there's a lot of catchy songs out there they switch it to pursuit of happiness i i like that song i'm not a big i don't even know what you call that top 40 hip-hop whatever i'm not a big guy into that i love that song it's a it's a hell of a good song for the maple leafs win song i honestly think it's 65 year old men sitting in an office and they're looking at each other before and they're going, well, uh, all the notes song was a big hit at my wedding. <laughs> all right, let's roll with that for five years. And then they got to switch it. And they're like, shit, they Google top 40. And they go, this song has the word happiness in it. Let's roll with it. But I know it's more than that. I did a little research on it and their marketing department said, you know, they're rolling with this, but they've got a lot of different looks. It's not going to be this forever. They got different looks for, um, you know, rivalry games, matchup games, historic games. I think we're going to see the, you know, the 90s tune. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There for some times when we have some uh some head-to-heads against some rivals and whatnot, but it sounds like it's gonna be mixed up down the road, which is fine. It's not the worst song in the world, but I just don't think they hit it out of the park with the the Kid Cudi tune. Totally agree. Um, I think it's an upgrade on the previous song, taking nothing away from Hall of yep. Oats, but I always like to stress there's nobody on this roster who's actually alive when that song was like a hit, uh, aside from Mark Giordano, of course. Number two, it, it just screamed, absolutely screamed of a department just looking for a song in the moment because they were tired of people bitching. Like they had Elliot Friedman, like one of the top hockey insiders in the world, as we know, come out 
and say it's time to make a change. So I I, I think internally, like, you know what? We got to do something here. And it, it screamed that hearing the song, a 2009 banger. It brought shades of me being at Fanshawe College at a party in, in the college muse. Like, there are so many good songs out there taking nothing away from that one. But you would think they would pull something that it's within the last five years, Arkell's based, Justin Bieber based. Like, there's so many different routes you can go. And that's the song you pull. And on top of that, you know, people are going to chirp them because of the name of the song Pursuit of Happiness. Like, there hasn't been happiness with this organization since 1967. I think it's hilarious. Maybe that played into it. I don't know. But uh, you mentioned Narkel's like knocking at the door. They got that build up banger to start that yeah. song that, that could work easily and there's there's shades of homegrown talent right there um i remember they played a lot of hip when i was playing for them we came out to 50 mission cap i mean you're paying people in a marketing department to sit exactly. in the room i'm pretty sure you can come up with a pretty good tune but like they had said actually in their little release you're not going to make everybody happy with what you choose there's always going to be you know, there's different generations of people. I get you got to keep it fresh and still try to touch back. I think maybe that's why they went back as far as they did try to touch on a couple different generations that could be relevant. I don't know. It's a tough job for sure, but it would be nice if they just had that eureka moment and said, this is it and unveiled it and everyone went bloody nuts. But uh, that didn't really happen. Making progress, at least. I mentioned 1980 yes. to 2009. So maybe in like five years, they'll pull a song from like pre-pandemic 2020 or 2019. How about that? maybe i don't give a shit what era it's from if it fits the script where you score a goal and while the guy's buzzing the bench and everyone's on their feet clapping and you're looking for the replay an absolute banger is playing that just suits the moment perfectly i'm sure it's hard to find that but hall and fucking oats was certainly not it man that was just awful i i, I just i'm just i'm just thinking of the passion and the the his history and the market that it it is toronto when you go go to the rink and the spotlights are flashing from the top and the cn tower is glowing and the whole city's buzzing because the leafs are playing tonight and you make my dream <laughs> terrible i hated it i'm so glad they changed it i think the bigger story would be if they didn't change it and we had to listen another year of that <laughs> jerkball to benny hill theme song like at this point just make it like cry me a river by justin timberlake i would have just trolled everybody because again not everybody's going to be happy i just think there's another route they could have taken with that but didn't matter anyways because nobody was cheering rosie like that was another takeaway from the opener like what do we because we know there's passion out there the folks who watch our show People on social media that chirp us on a daily basis, hate our takes. We love the passion. These people clearly are not going to Maple Leafs games at Scotiabank Arena because every I could not believe. And I thought it was the audio on the ice or that was being delivered through the feed on TV. It wasn't because I got confirmation from people in the building. Yes, it was that quiet for player intros of a brand new season where there's so much renewed optimism with this organization. It's disgusting. I, I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to solve the issue, but I think from a game ops standpoint, this, this organization is like, is, is like 15 years behind Rosie. I just feel that way. I can't blame the organization or blame anything with uh, the hockey day operations or anybody aside from like shoving microphones right in up at the, the nosebleed section maybe, and trying to get that, uh, that audio onto the feed. But absolutely. I mean, I'm watching Bertuzzi and Nyes come out. I'm watching Domi come out. Then you watch JT, their captain Marner. You it's watch like Matthews get announced. It's like, Oh yeah. Nice. Neat. Neat. And I'm like, like holy, I was waiting like Austin Matthews. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, uh, it's just like nothing even like the tone didn't even change. Like the volume didn't even go up after the announcement of the name. It just stayed the same. And I was like, oh, that's weak, man. And I don't know. I mean, how expensive it is to live in Toronto. The amount of people that can shell out the money that takes to, to have a ticket uh, is pretty few and far between. And if they're down in their suite getting a, a thing of sushi and Chardonnay, probably that's Sad. probably the problem. They're not screaming their heads off with their faces painted. And I think that's always been the problem in Toronto, but yeah, I don't think you can change it. It's always going to be the high ticket um, item to come out of Toronto. That's always going to cost more money than, than not. And you're always going to get the quieter business guy sitting there. Who's not going to scream and yell, but I mean, you're building these buildings now for a good acoustics. It's not like the old school rinks where you're just rattling sound off the rafters. Cause it's got to sound good for a, a concert. Cause it's an all purpose venue. There's nothing you can really do about it. Maybe shove microphones 
um, in and around the crowd to try to exemplify or amplify, sorry, the crowd noise that there is there. But I don't know what else to do, man. I mean, you see every period, guys are still down getting their sushi. So those silver platinum seats are always empty and it looks ugly. But it is what it is. I think it's a problem that doesn't really have a solution. Johnny D, real passionate fans are priced out of tickets. We have similar problems in the Premier League. That's fair enough. It just, that's what really strikes me. Like people ask me, yeah, you cover the Leafs. You like going to games. I don't, I'll be honest. I'd rather go watch the Leafs in like Nashville or like Vegas or Montreal. Like watching a Leafs game in Montreal, which pains me to say that building dude is electric. Like I think it's fix you by Coldplay that they come on the ice uh, too, it, it's electric. Like you're, you get goosebumps. Like I've seen playoff games there. There's so many buildings around this league, and you've played in this league, even Philadelphia. You get in there. I don't know how you can't get up for a hockey game. I feel for some of these guys. Like Matthew's coming out to that. It's like, dude. Like, how do I get? Like, I know it's it's these guys are pro athletes. They don't need anything to get them going. But like, come on, give them something. Because I know this happened like a month ago with the Blue Jays, and the player who did it escapes me, but pretty much came out in the media and said, "Hey, fans, like." We really need you. This is an important time of the year. Let's step our act up and credit to the fans. They did. But it's almost at a point where like a Leaf player or somebody in leadership needs to say, hey, like we could really build off like a strong crowd. Not that I think the, the suits would even care, but at least just let that seep in a bit. Make it a bit of a story because I think it's so underwhelming, especially given how good Rosie this team is. Chance to win the Stanley Cup and more yeah. times than not, you get that type of crowd for the first game of the season. It's alarming to me. Yeah, that is the kicker, right? I mean, this is heyday right now for the Maple Leafs and who knows what they're going to look like in three or four years and if they're going to be contending at the level that they are right now. And this, the city is excited. The market is excited. It's just the players or the people, sorry, at the game, whether they're excited or not, they're not showing it and they're not screaming their head off. Like at the announce, like it takes, you know, 30 seconds to announce the team, you know, go a little bit nuts when they're announcing your favorite players and whatnot and let them know you're ready for the season, you know, let them know you've been waiting for this all summer long and, and you're pumped to be at the opening home opener. They didn't seem to do that. Why? I don't know, man. It's frustrating. Like you say, the suits, but there's a lot of people there with jerseys on. Are they, they're just quietly classically clapping or like go a little bit nuts and scream. They're not even clapping. They're not even clapping. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but sounds like a murmur at an airport, you know, when you're waiting for your flight. Yeah, it's not good. Maybe uh, JT says something. Hey, we need you behind us. We need to let you know you guys are excited. You got to help us through, you know, some games that we need some extra energy and maybe they'll do it. I don't know. They'll probably just get crucified in the media for saying anything about anybody. And uh, that's just the way it is these days. Yeah. By the way, we got our answer. Fraser Minton, as I uh, expected, because it is the Leafs Wars bucket. There's nobody probably on the roster that said, you know what? I'll give you 2,500 bucks. Go no bucket fly. Your, Your parents are in the building. Your family's here. There's only one opportunity, one shot. Like Eminem said, no Bucky for a warm-up in your first NHL game. He didn't do it. I was disappointed. But all in all, my read on the Minton line didn't look out of place. Uh, I think Nice took a bad penalty, but they had a missed call like seconds before. It's going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. And um, passing colors for me so far with Minton, like didn't notice him one way or another. Had a couple opportunities, almost had a tap in on the doorstep. So, yeah, that was my takeaway as well. Um, the turnovers that led to some of the goals, and this is more what I want to talk about Samsonov. Like they, it was not a good night defensively for both squads, but like to put this on Elias Samsonov, excuse me, facing 24 shots, rendering five goals. That can't be me, man. Like what a present welcome to the season. Three minutes in TJ Brody says, here's this shit sandwich, Ilya. How about this? <laughs> oh yeah. This. He, he catches an edge and away it goes. I mean, Two of those goals were just off, just heinous errors that don't Dude, usually like four. <laughs> so these are So I wrote these all down, man, because I had to. And again, it's the first game. Like, I'm not Mr. Overreaction one way or another. So you had the, the Brody blunder and a one nothing goal. A bad McCabe pinch led to the second period new hook goal. I think it's the second of the game. New Domi hook. tried to be pretty. Didn't get the puck off the glass and out of the zone. Leads to the 4-3 goal. And then your boy, Timothy Lilligren. Oh, buddy. If he does that, he's going to be in the press box pretty quickly to the 5-3 goal. But they're lucky. There's so many game breakers on this roster, Rosie. Yeah, they are. It was it was looking ugly. And if you give up that many uh, goals every night, and if you give a team a lead like that, 
every night you're going to lose more games than you win. Uh, they're lucky they pulled it off and it's awesome. They pulled it off and it shows a lot about the team that they pulled it off, but you can't keep putting yourself in that position. I think the defense needs to sharpen up. I do not expect, I don't think they're that bad. I don't think they're as bad as they showed last night with, you know, some of the hiccups, a guy's not going to fall down and catch yeah. an edge last man back on the blue line as the puck's going to him very often. Send the guy a breakaway, a couple of bad pinches, a couple of bad reads, um, you know, whiffing on the puck and whatnot. You just got to chalk it up for what it is and make these guys a little bit sharper. But uh, whether that's a, a daily scenario or not, I think this team needs a little something extra on that back line to uh, mm -hmm. to bolster this back end. And I'm sure Tree Living is scanning the market daily to see if he can get that. And um, I don't think they're far away, but they need to clean that shit up a little bit. It's one game dot, 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 but... I had my issues with the Giordano Lilligren pairing. Giordano looked like a 40 year old. It's the first game. Again, I'm giving these guys the benefit of the doubt, but he looked like the Mark Giordano in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I, I know they're trying their hardest to be that rugged physical guy because they know who's in charge of this team and Brad Tree Living. They need a tree back there. Uh, pardon the pun. They, they need uh, a big time dude. Like I was watching the Flames game last night. Nikita Zadorov is like a perfect example of somebody they can use in their five, six pairing to lay the law down, hammer things down. Cause I, I, you know, it's not for a lack of trying, but Giordano's not the biggest guy. Lilligren is certainly not the biggest guy. Um, I thought John Klingberg really, really struggled defensively. And I think they're going to do their best to insulate the guy the best they can, but he's in their top four. Aside from them, like I think the rest of the guys played pretty well. You, you, you know, you're going to make some mistakes. It's early on in the season, but I think without question, Rosie, they, they have to be scouring the market. I wouldn't say it's imminent. I, I think around the deadline, like that's the one move I would look is, is upgrading on the blue line, but they need that type of jam guy, like a Ryan Reeves type on the back end to really stabilize things. Yeah. And it's tough because when you're asking guys to do that, like Gio, for example, um, he wants to have that element to his game. He knows it's needed, but if you're not the swiftest footed guy on the planet, which he's not at 40 years old, um, you're going to get yourself out of position trying to make those hits and trying to get that physicality to come to you or try to force it rather. It needs to come to you a little bit. And when you're running around trying to finish that hit, it's easy in this league to get out of position and for guys to take that lane and, and get the puck and expose you for it. So there's some work to be done right there for sure. And I think the consensus is from everyone who has anything to do with this team is they're looking for someone to fill that role as a Dorov type of player, a guy that's, that's a little bit younger, that doesn't have a whole lot of holes in his game defensively that can crash and bang and be a big Oak tree back there, move the puck up and, and kind of complement some of the players that they do have. There is a hole in the back end. There's no doubt about it. And I think they'll be looking to fill that before that trade deadline or on the trade deadline. I think it will be done. So I don't think it's anything to panic about right now. Right now you just got to tighten up your systems, understand how you guys play with each other and just clean that defensive stuff up a little bit. Rosie, did you see, did you see who showed up? for the player intros last night, w was it sad of me or like bad of me to like to laugh Matt Murray on the screen with his crutch with it, with his crutch as if to the Leafs to tell us, yeah, this guy's hurt. We told you <laughs> he had surgery. Is that the wrong take? Like I feel bad. It's like, it's almost like they needed to show that his LTR designation was legit, but uh, I won't lie. I sort of chuckled when I saw Matt Murray flash on the screen there. Yeah, a little bit. You feel bad doing it because yeah. he came in and gave us what we wanted as far as his play and his ability to stop the puck. He played good, man. Him and Sammy were a wicked one-two punch there. They both had streaks where they just looked poised and dominant. And injuries got the guy. We talked about it yesterday, like how frustrating it's got to be for him. Yeah, he's got some cups and whatnot and made some money. That's great. But you know, you have the ability to do something and the desire to do something. You know he does or he would never have gotten to that level. And then to have it like snatched away from him constantly and consistently with injuries is has got to be frustrating. So I feel for the guy, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, it's kind of funny to see him there with his crutch to say, look, look over here. Remember, I'm totally I'm totally hurt. And he is. <laughs> but, but they with needed the him to be hurt to go on long term IR. And uh, I wonder what the conversations were behind the scenes. It doesn't really matter. I feel for the guy as a player. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, any other takeaways? Before we get to the Botano wrap up, just there's more to be seen, man. Like that Bertuzzi stuff, I I, I just love it. Um, you got a penalty for that? You don't care about that type of shit? Fuck, you took no. the extra two. 
two minute penalty. I do not care. Um, that could go <laughs> both ways. I I don't want him to get a a reputation like Bunting had, and I don't think he's going to. Um, if you play hard and you play until the whistle slash just after the whistle, I think the refs will you know ultimately respect that, and you're going to get the odd two minute made minor, but you can kill a penalty. But what you can't do is insert that kind of um, family bond and camaraderie and gel that happens when you're playing that style of hockey and everyone's on board with it. I love it. What, what, how would you deploy your goalies? Like this is going to be a question regardless if Ilya Samsonov had a shutout last night or played the way he did for better or for worse. Uh, so they got Minnesota on Saturday, Connor Bedard and the Hawks in town on Monday to wrap up the uh, three game homestand to start the season. How would you play it out? For me, I would I would go back to Sammy Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, and I would go to Joseph Wall against the Phenom Connor Bedard on Monday. Yeah, I think that makes sense to me, right? The uh, you know, I know Connor Bedard's there, but the Hawks are, you know, not the top of the standings this point in time. I think they're actually gonna do better than people give them credit for this year, but yeah, that sounds good to me. It's it's going to be difficult. You're going to have to pick and choose your spots. You're going to have to take in, into account their mindsets and their confidence. Um, you want to see who gets more reps and who doesn't. Are you going to play X against the good teams and X against the not so good teams? Is that fair to the starter? Uh, it, there's a million different ways you could go, but ultimately they're going to juggle it. They're going to crunch the numbers. They're going to see what's best and they're going to do things. Probably what you just said which makes sense. Stick with Sammy. You don't pull him after the first game. Give him another shot. Hockey Night in Canada, he is your starter. Then give Wolsey a chance on Monday. Makes total sense to me. They're going to flip-flop like that for a while. And it's going to take one guy getting hotter than a pistol where you have like a 9-4 or 5 save percentage and you rip a shutout off. Then it's an easy decision. We're sticking with this guy. The other other goalie can understand that. Ride the hot hand is what you're going to do. And if not, pick your spots and and flip-flop them accordingly. It feels like there's those those are the two elephants in the room to start the year, man. It's Sheldon Keefe. Is he on the hot seat? You know, after the first disappointing loss, Keefe's name's going to come up. And number two, Joseph Wall. Everybody's calling for this kid. He's played 11 appearances in the NHL to, to overtake Ilya Samsonov, who was great last year, was your starting goalie for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But it just seems like those are the two triggering conversations. Like every year, and I, I heard this, um, you know, in a couple conversations yesterday in Toronto media about like, the polarizing topics, like who's going to be the whipping boy in the back end. There's always that guy up front, right? Like you played on this team. There's always the talking points every season. So I'm curious to see who those guys are going to be. Yeah, I think it, uh, I think on the back end with that first goal, it's not hard to see Uh who's going to be the whipping boy to start off with. I love you sent me like the eye roll emoji right away. Like Rosie was getting into it because I said, I I, I labeled the numbers for the month of October yesterday to you. And I I told you it was coming Montreal first goal. And that's how they they gift wrapped it to Alex Newhook or Jake Evans. We'd be having a completely different conversation this morning if uh, if they didn't make that comeback and if Austin Matthews didn't put the team on their shoulders. Would be though? I think so. It'd be disappointing. All oh, they lose yeah. again. We can't beat fucking Montreal at the beginning of the season. They're all the hype about this team and they can't show up. And it would just the be regular all that season stuff. doesn't matter, dude. It does not matter. I wasn't going to change my tune. I won't lie. I didn't like the effort last night. I thought they were so lucky to win that game. They're lucky to have the best mm. goal scorer on the planet. That Montreal was the better team in the game. They deserved a better fate, but so be it. These games do not matter. <laughs> Watch our show at the Leaf Station 401, but these games don't matter. It's all about the springtime. I could care less what happens in these games. They're going to make the playoffs. That's all that matters. Well, you don't win Stanley Cups in the regular season. We know that, but True. there is things that do matter. You got to figure out who you are. I mean, to win that Stanley Cup, you have 82 games of experience and building behind you to to become what you are going into the the playoffs it's about creating an identity and having character as a team and I know those are just words that people say that you don't really understand but when you're on a team and your team's not doing well and you're not clicking all you see is is an unfinished puzzle when you look at the roster when you look at your team from the bench when you're in the dressing room just an unfinished puzzle with holes everywhere and it's like man how are we going to do it with this how are we going to do it with that and when you have a team that's buzzing, that's winning, you've you've gone through X and you've gone through Y and you've had an answer for all of it. You have an absolute blast. Your practices are just zipping and popping. Coach is happy. Everyone's just feels like, oh my God, we are a bullet train flying down the tracks. And in order to get to that feeling, you have to 
You have to mess around with things. You have to figure out who you are. You have to work on stuff every day. It's work. You got to put in the work, put in the work. TJ Brody, he's going to be putting in the work. He's going to be watching the video. He's going to be working on his skating. He's going to be working on everything he can to become a better player to stay in the NHL. It's not just like eh, 82 games don't matter. They do matter. And no, you're not going to win the Stanley Cup. I understand what you're saying. And you can do great things in the regular season and have nothing to show for it in the playoffs. I'm not going against that. That goes without saying. But these things are important to get to the promised land. And I just want them to continually build and put the building blocks together, I always say, so that at the end of the year, when you're going into the real deal, you've got it all going on. And you are that train barreling down the tracks and everyone's on board. Eddie, one more to go, folks. And then we get set for real. But I don't... uh... I'm not discrediting your point there. Uh, the Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. A reminder, yesterday our, our pick was the Montreal Canadiens puck line. They kept it within one. That's eight straight first meetings between Montreal and Toronto have been decided by one goal. So hammer that. The Nylander, anytime goal I hit, Josh Anderson had so many damn chances. Dude, he yeah. couldn't score that goal for me. So I go two for three yesterday. So I'm back on the clock. I like the over. So the Leafs have Minnesota. On Saturday at Scotiabank Arena, the Wild will kick off their season home opener tonight, hosting the Florida Panthers. I like the over six and a half in that game. Yeah, that could be good. This day and age, there's lots of scoring going on. And early in the season, the goalies don't exactly have their timing and their angles down pat. So why not take the over? Um, Yesterday, I think I sprinkled. I think I sprinkled overtime. I believe if you want to run the tape back. So that hit too. Not that it was the official Botano bet, but I like your over on Saturday and uh, maybe closer to on Friday. We could have a couple more sprinkles in there. You can sprinkle a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Well, the, so that's coming up tomorrow. We're going to preview Saturday night's game between the Maple Leafs and the Minnesota. Well, the rare Western conference opponent early on in the season. We don't see that team much just twice a season, but there's a couple of guys, namely Matt Boldy, Kirill Kaprizov that are on that roster. Philip Gustafson, their goalies, the real deal as well. Jared Spurgeon's out for an extended period of time. So we're going to talk some wild puck tomorrow. That'll be fun. But some bets as well that we like to place the first Saturday night game of the season. I could only hope and anticipate that crowd is a bit more juiced up. Maybe a couple extra drinks in them. Do something. Make some type of noise. I don't know. Yell, oh yeah, at the, at the mic or something. We, we got to figure out a way to get to a game this year and get juiced up and get that crowd going, Rosie. Yeah, we will. I don't know. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's that opponent. It's not exactly a, a hot ticket opponent to be coming into the barn. But Saturday night, maybe they'll be fired up a little bit. It's, again, just disappointing that after that huge weight and buildup and the additions they made this year and the excitement around the team and where they are as a franchise, they come out on opening night against the Habs and there's just a couple of golf claps going on. It That, that just really sucks. But like I said, there, I don't think there's much you can do about it. Like a poo-poo sandwich. That's my feel in the crowd for the uh, home opener there. But nonetheless, we look forward to Saturday. That's what we'll convene coming up on Friday. Again, that's Jay Rosal. I'm Nick Alberga. Many thanks to everybody in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401. Please hit that subscribe button, the like button, comment as well. Search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast. And thanks to producer Aaron Bordado. Money job as per usual. And sorry about your Edmonton Oilers. We'll talk tomorrow, everybody. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.